Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast. I want to say that uh, I pray for everybody who's listening to this right now, no matter what's going on in your life and the world around you. I pray that you would know that if you believe in Jesus Christ, that if you accept him as your son, as his son, your savior, excuse me, <clears throat> that uh, you are blessed. You have blessings. You know, even if you might not fully know and understand it right then, you are eternally blessed. And uh, I just want to say a quick uh, thing right now. I know there's a lot of people in the path of uh, some dangerous weather right now. It's just starting to get kind of nasty uh, outside my house, you know. So I pray that uh, people will be safe in in the path of of this storm that's rolling through the south right now. But anyway... Uh, we're going to be reading from a couple of different areas of the New, of the New Testament today, and uh, it con- they both concern the idea of judgment, you know, um, how we are to interact with the outside world and how, we're to, how, how we are to interact with the people in the church. So, and uh, these passages, one is going to be where uh, the Apostle Paul dealt with the sexually uh, immoral man, the one who was sleeping with his stepmother. And the other is around John three sixteen, but it is verses 17 through 18. And so we are going to start first with John, with the verses in John. We're going to start with John three fifteen here. And uh, it says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the, of, of the only begotten Son of God. So here... It tells us plainly that Jesus' job coming into the world was not to judge it. He was trying to save the world, and indeed he did save the world. Even though, of course, not everybody is saved, he enabled the world in its entirety to be saved. People still have to accept that. So anyway, because those who have not believed on the Son of God already have God's judgment resting on them, it's not our job to judge the world. You know, we don't go up to people who are lost and beat them in the head with the Bible because, they, you know, it's, it serves no purpose, honestly. They already know of God's condemnation on them, even though they may, even if they refuse to acknowledge it in their soul and their heart, they know it. And so he's already judged them. The judgment's already been pronounced. So our job as Christians is to preach to them, minister to them, whether it be in word or in action or deed or just a lifestyle. That is our job. And that is how we are to treat the unbelieving world. And there's so often, I know I've had it happen in my in my life, you know, to where uh, 
there's people who are outside the church, you know, who are outside the uh, the body of Christ, you know, and I see how they act, how they talk, and I don't. It makes me not want to be around them, but. I know that they are not saved, and so they don't have the Holy Spirit within them to change that behavior. So, again, that is why it is our job as members of the church, born-again members of the church, to show these people a better way, the only way, which is Jesus Christ. He is it. And now we're going to move to... 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to read from verses 3, excuse me, uh, hold on just a minute, y'all, my apologies here. We're going to, uh, we're going to read from verses 9 through 13. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. He is, uh, Paul is on this occasion addressing the a uh, man who was sleeping with his stepmother, you know, and it was widely known throughout the church. And Paul had to really say something to these people because they uh, they tolerated it, and it was something that uh, that the unbelieving world wouldn't even do. So he had to address this issue. Verse ten. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous, or the extortioners, or the idolaters, for then then must ye needs go out of the world. You know, there's so much of this stuff out in the world that uh, if we were to want to truly, totally get away from it, you know, and be away from all these people, we would have to leave the world. So, and that's what Paul is saying here. It's everywhere. So we can't escape it from the world but we have to deal with it when in the church. It has to be dealt with. Verse 11. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or a covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or, or an extortioner, we have such a one not to eat. This sounds tough to a lot of people. But the purpose is really, I believe, twofold here. One is to uh, protect the integrity of the church. And then to help bring that person to their senses and, uh, you know, bring them to repentance for these sins so that they can be restored, not only to the church, but also to their fellowship with the Lord. And people say, but man, you got to love people. You got to, uh, you can't cut them off. You know, it's not telling you that, you know, it mentions elsewhere in the Bible, in the New Testament, that these people are not your enemies. Well, they're not your enemies, okay? So, and since they're not your enemies, you're not totally cutting them out of your life. It just, it's telling you to put distance between you and them. And it's for your protection and for their benefit. That is love. Sometimes loving somebody means doing things that are painful. And it's not done out of anger. It doesn't mean that if you see them in genuine need that you turn your back on them. You know, that's not what it's saying. It's saying to be sure that uh, their behavior does not spread to you and does not contaminate other people in the church. 
Verse 12, For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without God judgeth. Therefore put away from your among yourselves that wicked person. So, God deals with the people who are on the outside, who are on the outside of the body of Christ. He has already, I've said this before, he has already pronounced the judgment on these people. It is, uh, you know, their judgment is to be condemned at the white throne, great white throne judgment, you know, and to, and to be separated from him for all eternity. So our job from the church, from the, you know, from the church perspective, you know, dealing with sins within the church, it is to correct people so that they can be restored to fellowship and so that they won't lose out on the, all these rewards and things that they could have otherwise. You know, and they're, they're going to suffer if they don't. So, again, I see it. I've heard it repeated uh, a lot of times, you know, don't turn people away from the church, you know, but there does, there have come instances to where people have had to be removed from the church. I've personally known people who this has happened to, and they were removed because of their behavior. They didn't stop until they were made to, until after they were made to leave. And that's not something that God wants to happen. It's not something that people in the church want to happen, but it does happen, and it happens because people, you know, they refuse to submit a part of their lives to the Lord, and so things get out of whack. They get out of whack. And I, you know, and bef you know, as we get towards the end of this message, you know, I, I will say that, you know, you sit and think about it, what kind of reflection do you want your life to have? You know, you don't want to be um, someone who struggles with certain things. And so I say, if you don't want to struggle with fornication, you don't want to be hanging around people who uh, practice the same thing, especially if they're of the opposite sex. You know, that's not something that you want to be hanging around. And it's for your good, for and for their good, and for the good of the church. And so we see people in the church who are practicing these things, and you know there is a way that the Bible tells us this is to be handled. You know, you go up to that person, you know, and you know, and you talk to them in a loving manner. And if that doesn't work, then more people get involved, and then finally, if all else fails, you know, the church tells them to leave until they have genuine repentance. And hopefully that that would be the case, you know. But uh, we're going to close now, uh, and I'm going to end this with a prayer. You know, Lord, I pray that if there is anybody out there listening to this who is uh, not where they should be with you because of things that they've done or are doing, you know, and they've had to leave, I pray that they would hear this and come to repentance. I pray that if there's anybody out there who's listening to this, if they know somebody who's lost or who's either lost or has lost their way, you know, they've, 
gotten involved in things that they shouldn't have. I pray that uh, your spirit would work on these situations. And I pray that, again, if there's anybody out there listening to this who needs Jesus Christ, I pray that they would repent and accept him as their Savior, their Lord. And it's in Christ's name I ask this, Father. Amen.